feels so formal with such a small congregation. First reading day, Acts. We hear the first case in the story of the Acts of the Apostles of the disciples suffering for proclaiming the faith. But it's pretty clear that some great things happen through the uh, troubles that Peter and John go through in this passage. Our gospel is from John. And a lot of people question if this, this is the 21st chapter of John. A lot of people think that John sort of ends in the 20th chapter. And they question if maybe somebody different wrote this 21st chapter or if it was done later or what. But I would be with the camp that says, no, this is, I, I think this is what John intended. And there, there's a message here, I think, for us that's implied by the fact that it sort of comes after the ending. What's really weird is that I know that she's been to a Bible study on this passage a year ago with Dr. Ruth Queen Smith. So I think you were there. So even though I'm not going to preach what I preached when this passage came up last year, I, I have a feeling I'm going to be... Going into that. So, this is going to be a little more interactive than usual, friends. Uh, okay, John 20. This is John chapter 21. John 20. What do we have? The first 10 verses. Mary goes to the tomb, thinks somebody sees the stones move. She thinks that they've stolen the body. Peter and the beloved disciple come, they find the empty tomb. Then, verses 11 to 18, Mary in the garden comes across somebody, thinks it's the gardener, it's Jesus. Then she tells the disciples. But we find out that evening that the ten apostles are locked in the upper room in fear. Jesus appears. They're overjoyed. Thomas isn't there. So then the next week, the same thing happens with Thomas there. And then there's a conclusion. Jesus was, did this and many other things. And then we have this. What in the world are they doing fishing as if nothing has happened? Including two of the stars of chapter 20, Peter and Thomas. What a remarkable thing. I mean, that it's like, hello, have yet has this meant nothing? And I guess the other thing that, that came to me was he you know, he tells them, you know, have you caught anything? No. Try on this side, they do, 153 fish. A lot of people um, say that there was a belief at that time that there were 153 species of fish. So it's not just that it's a number divisible by nine. I mean, I know you're a math person, but um, so something of all the world is in there. But, but then he refers to the fish that you have caught. And I think that there's something there of, oh, did they catch the fish or did Jesus catch the fish? And how much time do we spend obsessing over? Are we doing God's work or are we doing something else? And it's a combination. So it's all for the greater glory of God. But we've got to be open and we've got to do the work. We can't do everything we want. When I worked at uh, the Newman Center in Ohio State for a year, they made three key priorities for the year before I got there. And the number one priority was that we were going to redesign the website. It didn't happen because there was no budget. 
And I think for us, the commodity we have is time. None of us have enough of it. But maybe an invitation of, does our time reflect, and how we divvy it up, reflect something of our values and our spiritual priorities? I don't think we can say every moment can be spreading the gospel. I mean, it, it all depends on how we look at it. It's like, you know, the people who say, I don't pray enough. And I said, well, of course. Everybody who's ever lived has said, I don't pray enough. Because, you know, we'd really like to do 24-7. But, you know, do you think God's disappointed if we do 23 and a half? No. But, okay, so what is prayer? And I think here... I think there's a lot of things that do serve the gospel in a way. You know, I, I spend a lot of time now on self-care. And I think that is to make me able. And a lot of us are in places like school where a part of our ministry is to get the degree. Or, you know, and that that is not to be seen as time not serving the Lord. So it's it's a challenge that we can get obsessed with. But um, I, I did a workshop uh, once a month when I was in Ohio uh, called How Can I Love My Neighbor When I'm Stuck in This Cubicle? And the biggest turnout was the month we talked about time. You know, what's the proper balance of work, play, and pray? And I had emailed a whole bunch of friends all over the, the country who... I thought were people who were spiritual and busy, but not frazzled, and asked them for their advice. You a lot of those people? Yeah, and the amazing thing was a lot of them were the kind of people that even though they were really busy, they didn't get frazzled, a lot of them did respond. And I asked, you know, for their thoughts, and, and then we talked. And I, I really believe, you know, none of us are ever going to find the perfect balance. Even if today we find the perfect balance, by next week, things change in our lives. And, but those of us who work towards trying to find the right balance are happier with the choices we make than letting it just overwhelm us. Because if we let it go, even for just a few weeks, you know, it can just get completely out of control.